This week on Ultra 64, we're playing Battle Tanks and Battle Tanks Global Assault. It takes place in a far distant future where cars are tanks and women are money. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different Nintendo 64 game from the Nintendo 64 library of Nintendo 64 games. And then we are playing those games for like an hour or so. And then we talk about them for like an hour or so. And my name is Steve Guntley. I'm just learning about this premise now. I am Queen Lord Collector Woody Saskowski. <laughs> uh, we are joined by a first-time guest today. Please say hello, uh, first-time guest. Hello, first-time guest. Hey. <laughs> Wait, I think you're like the fourth time guest <laughs> to make that it. joke. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is your I name? Fell right into this cliche. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Bennett Williamson. Welcome. We were glad to have you uh, uh, joining us for some tank combat, uh, so tank glad to warfare. Be here. I was like, hey, Bennett, you want to be on our podcast? We're playing this tank game. <laughs> like, okay, go play N64 games and then talk about it. Yeah, I'm excited. That's, that's, nice. that's our favorite kind of guest, ones who don't ask questions. <laughs> about the dark things we get up well, to here. Also, people who are actually excited about the N64, as opposed to uh, people yeah, who happen true. to be in Steve's house at the time it's we're true. recording. <laughs> that <laughs> happens a lot. Yes, yeah. yes, that happens a lot. Uh, so this week we are talking about two games, Battle Tanks and Battle Tanks Global Assault. Weirdly, these have been uh, requested games for us. We got two requests for this in a row from two you different letter writers. Requests? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we got, and so we just kind of decided to pull an audible. Did you hear? We're the like, comprehensive God, yeah, N64 right. podcast. Exactly. Really we are, we're the only ones. Um, I, I feel like since we have a new guest here real quick, we should, uh, before we sort of get our treads fired up, um, Ben, ah, you have tank treads. yeah, exactly. Ah, hey. um, what, what's your attachment to the N64? Do oh, you gosh. have, do you have a specific love for it or mm. is it, I th yeah, I would say I have a specific love for it. Like that was that was like the first major advancement in video game technology. I feel like when I was growing up, mm -hmm. because totally we had like an Atari, we had you know a Super Nintendo. There were computer games, but I felt like once the N sixty four came out, that was the first major like holy crap. Did there's you, like this can go bigger. Did you have the moment of seeing Super Mario sixty four? And you're like, was there like a specific game you remember seeing? And you're like, mm. oh. I think when, man, I think when Goldeneye came out, mm. it was just like, okay. I mean, which is probably true for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, this, Every this is like an awesome system that like is going to never be topped, right? <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Well, yeah, is what you think. And so I, I really enjoyed it. That one really stuck out to me. But ultimately, like, per Perfect Dark was, that's the one that... Mm is deep, deep deeply ingrained in my psyche. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely... Um, yeah, and you had expressed that earlier, and I felt like bringing you on for Battle Tanks, it's sort of true in the spirit of, like, it's this four-player mm -hmm. deathmatch game. It's in that... It sort of captures that joy of the N64 four-controller ports. Yeah. Because this was... Was this the first system you had that had four controller ports? I was just, honestly, that literally just popped in my yeah. mind. Was this like the first system mm -hmm. that came out with that four came player? with it included? Like yeah. older systems had four player games, but you had to buy like a special adapter. Extra Wait, I'm blanking. Did yeah. did the Saturn have four ports? No, it only okay, has it did two. Not. All right, I, I've only played those a little bit. It did come out a little bit before. It okay. was dropped into uh, uh, stores by surprise. <laughs> they forgot to tell anybody, <laughs> and it's just like they debuted and uh, like the three months early. Strategy cotton. We'll see yeah. if that pays out. Yeah. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. Um, well, great. Well, let's talk about Battle Tanks here. So this is a series I'm not terribly familiar with before playing today, but uh, I will always remember the original commercial. Uh, the commercial that came out in the late 90s I thought was the funniest damn thing in my life <laughs> when I was in <laughs> high school. Uh, you were, no, you were definitely so in the Target demo. For I was it. definitely in Target demo. So it star if you're not familiar with the commercial I'm talking about, it stars a little adorable teddy bear that looks kind of suably similar to the snuggle fabric softener bear. Okay. And he's doing like a little commercial in the laundry room about freshness and about majesty and everything like that. And then all of a sudden the walls blow out oh, and the rest of the commercial is this little bear being chased and mutilated by tanks across like a, a hellscape and they cut it in with like footage from the game. And by the end the little bear is like basically just burning stuffing on the ground covered in te uh, tank treads. <laughs> and uh, for some reason I was like 
amazed that they got away with this commercial. It was kind of something that kids talked about in my middle school, and they're just like, <laughs> oh my god, did you see that Battle Tanks commercial? And I'm like, no! And, That's and, funny, because yeah. I completely forgot about that commercial until you mentioned it. Right. Like, oh my god, god. I remember like, seeing that too. You know, I think I was at that age when just like anything cruel happening to something adorable was funny to me. I don't know. This game was clearly in the very same like appeal as what Vigilante 8 was going for. Right. Of just like... Um, goofy over-the-top violence um and vehicular mayhem right yes yeah. yes that's and very it's... like twisted metal sort mm-hmm. of uh, vibe to it yep. and it's it's twisted metal mashed up with uh, a frankly insane uh futuristic storyline which we will uh we will get to in a second <laughs> yeah. let's start with our first game here because i actually have a lot of somewhat off-topic uh backstory that i need to get <laughs> into you'll see why in a second Battle Tanks was released September or December 29th, 1998. It was published and developed by the 3DO company, and it was also released on Game Boy Color. So this is the first time we get to talk about 3DO, uh, and we can't talk about the 3DO company without talking about the 3DO console. I have a fascination with failed video game consoles, and um, 3DO is about as synonymous with a failed video game console as <laughs> right, I can think right of. Right up there um, with Atari Jaguar. Or like the Turbo Graphics or something. Well, no, yeah. Yeah. It makes Gra- sense because I've never sure. heard of the 3DO before. Uh, yeah. Turbo Graphics, you know, led a long, strong life, just not yeah. really in the United States. That's fair. That's fair. The PC Engine was yeah. much bigger. So the 3DO company, or just 3DO if you're a cool person, uh, was a major player in the home console market for a very brief little window. Uh, <laughs> The company was founded... Two weeks, bank. Two weeks about. Yeah, it's not that much of an exaggeration. Um, The company was founded in 1991 by EA founder Trip Hawkins, who drew in investors from major corporations like AT&T, Panasonic, LG, MCA, and Time Warner to collaborate on what was supposed to be the biggest, most cutting-edge console on the market at the time. Um, The fruit of their labors was the 3DO Interactive Multiplayer, again, just called 3DO by cool people. Do we know what 3DO stands for? I don't off the top of my head, no. I don't. Um, 3D Orama. <laughs> uh, the console. Three days obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> Seems more appropriate. Yeah. That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, the console launched on October fourth, nineteen ninety-three. So, like, uh, is that today? What's today? Is today the twenty-fourth? Yeah, October fourth. So, twenty-five oh, wow. years ago today. Oh, nice. That works out really perfectly, actually. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of weird uh, timeline matchups. In yeah. This yeah. Yeah, this is getting spooky. Yeah. So, admittedly, uh, the 3DO was pretty ahead of its time. For 1993, it was a 32-bit CD-ROM-based uh, uh, console that beat the PlayStation to the U.S. market by a full two years. And uh, it looked leagues ahead of anything that Nintendo or Sega was doing at the time. It genuinely was impressive. Uh, and the console had low royalty rates, which attracted a lot of interest from uh, third-party developers. So, they had a ton of third-party people attached to develop for them. Basically what that means is the company that makes the game it doesn't have to pay 3DO as much mm-hmm. to publish the game on the system. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But the f- flip side of that was they had to charge a whole bunch right. for the console. That's when, the thing. Yeah. They're like... Please tell, and, please tell me this was like $2,000. Uh, not far off. So when this launched at market, it was $700. Oh, my God. Which in 1999 money is about $1,200, or roughly four PlayStation 4s. <laughs> uh, that's what you would be paying for 3DO back well, in the day. Well, there's your problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it, there were cheaper models. So the 3DO had a very interesting, like, non-proprietary kind of model. They, they were following the model set by the VCR, you know. The VCR was created by Panasonic, but... Not every VCR is done by Panasonic. They rent out the technology to oh, other companies. Oh, I see. And that's what the 3DO the model did. as in it was trying to get the porn industry involved? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, basically. Okay, they yeah. were open to anyone putting <laughs> content on that. Exactly. Because <laughs> Nintendo was very tight. Like, yeah, Nintendo I mean, was like, lots of restrictions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. So, like, there, there were multiple 3DOs on the market. There was, like, a Panasonic one, which mm. was kind of the high-end one. Then there was a cheaper Gold Star model. There was a Top Loader one. So, like, Panasonic did one. Which was, um, that was kind Sanyo of, did one. Uh, a model of like really early video gaming. Like there's a whole bunch of different makers of like an Atari 2600. You like you mm-hmm. can get a Sears made Atari that says Sears on it. And right. I, like I had one sitting around. I'm like, what hmm. is this? And then I finally realized, oh, different companies made the Atari 2600. And they didn't monitor those very well. So no. like you could use a Sears bought Atari to play in television games. Like, they would work wow. like that. They weren't very strictly guarded in the early going. definitely, like, a different business model than they use today. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very, very different. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, AT&T was actually working on their own version of the 3DO for a while. 
And ahead of its launch, Time Magazine called the 3DO the product of the year in 1993. But yeah, it was uh, it was the inconsistent production and the ridiculous price tag that killed it right off the bat. So the developers uh, kept upgrading the core hardware of the uh, of the 3DO, like right all the way up to launch. So developers had to keep going back and updating their games. So a lot of the high end like uh, third party titles that they ha- were supposed to have at launch were pushed back. So what they launched with was uh, kind of middle-of-the-road ports of PC games like Myst, Alone in the Dark, and Star Control 2, and then one very mediocre racing game from 3DO called Crash and Burn, <laughs> which is fitting. Um, so within one year, the company decided to cut the price in half, uh, which was actually particularly bad news for the developer Gold Star because they were only developing hardware, so they couldn't recoup their losses with software sales. Like They just oh. kind of took a big mm. hit on that, so that I think there was a lawsuit involved there as well. Um, but it was already too late by that point. The PlayStation and the Saturn had debuted in Japan. They were on their way over here, and uh, they didn't have the same hang-ups or inconsistencies that 3DO did. So the system was officially discontinued in January 1996, but it was dead long before then. <laughs> um, the console's output was not a total disaster. I think the 3DO is where a couple of popular series like got their start. Like, uh, Well, I'm popular with air quotes. <laughs> Gex. Um, I remember popular. actually renting a 3DO system from like my local video store. Like You could rent whole systems, and I rented a 3DO with Gex. Yeah. And I really liked Gex. And Gex liked isn't the cartoon, bad. The it's cartoon like, world hmm. in it. Yeah, and we'll be playing Gex games uh, coming up in a little while but here. But not the good one. Not the good ones, <laughs> yeah. no. no. We're going to um, make sure they're absolute shit, yeah. and then they're worth it. <laughs> like, I think the first home port of Samurai Showdown was on the 3DO, like Road Rash debuted on the 3DO. Huh. So there, a Need for Speed debuted on the 3DO, which is, uh, I think, now the 12th highest grossing video game series of all time. Like, it's a huge, huge oh, that's hit. Weird. Wow. And they debuted on 3DO. And there are a couple of weirdo gems on it. I had a 3DO for a while, back when I was super, super collecting. So <laughs> there's uh, the weirdo horror thriller D, which is kind of cool. They created an a even weirder sequel, D2, on the Dreamcast. D squared. <laughs> D squared. Uh, there was uh, the uh, uh, there's a, a really stupid Doom ripoff called P.O.D. Um, <laughs> which is like, it just looks like pooed if you look at the cover. It's P.O.D. Uh, and there was a terrible Mortal Kombat ripoff. Do you know Way of the Warrior? Do you guys know that one off the top no. of your head? No. This is oh the God. one with uh, the... It's like all of your characters are kind of... It's like a combination of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. So it's FMV characters like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. But it's like the international uh, Street Fighter kind of motif. So you have a Scotsman whose special oh. power attack is lifting his kilt and firing a fireball. Oh, my God. Um, from from his wiener. Yeah. From his yeah. wiener, yeah. Let's be clear. Um, but, yeah, and then there were some pretty decent, like, FMV games, like Wing Commander and stuff like that. But the 3DO is also home to the worst game I've ever played in my life, and that is Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, a sleazy, <laughs> poorly made slideshow featuring naked people. I've talked about it multiple times on this show. Uh, don't buy it. It's really expensive. Just watch a Let's Play on you YouTube. Get the, you get the same experience watching exact the Let's Play because there's no gameplay in this. It's just like dialogue yes. trees. It's and, less oh interactive than a DVD menu. And plumbers it, don't wear ties. It's oh. like it's like some weird, you know, back alley. Uh, I don't know, snuff film of, like, Super Mario Brothers. It's one of those things that that tricks you into thinking there will be nudity at some point. Yes. And I don't know if there ever Uh, is. There is with a code, but it's also not worth it. Like, it's because it's still, like, blurry, low-res photos of, like, boobs. That and is it's like, hilarious. The internet exists and it's free, and like, yeah, we don't. You know, but but did back the internet in the... exist in 1993. Yeah, in 93, they're just like. <laughs> I imagine Al Gore may have had digitized access to boobs, <laughs> but we are not all Al Gore. I think Gore. those were Al Gore's boobs. Actually, <laughs> okay. if, I'm not, if I'm if I'm remembering. That was correctly. the internet at yeah. that time. Was it was just naked pictures of Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> I bet as Dial one nine hundred to talk dirty with Al Gore. Oh God, <laughs> my Al Gore and my killer right there. <laughs> uh, but I, I look. I'm just saying. I didn't do a Ray Romano impression for once. Yeah, it, no, it that was, was, that, that was a good time. Al Gore. It was Hank so Hill, much basically. better than your John Madden. <laughs> you know the mar- you know the marketing team was like, all right, how do we get a bunch of preteens to want to buy this game? Yeah, we'll yeah. Like have that little bit of tantalizing bit of maybe there's pixelated nudity in it. Well, one of the weirdest things about it was I don't think it was Plumbers Don't Wear Ties was a port of anything. No. Or it, it was, well, I, I think it also exists on PCs, but like... Oh, it does. This, it, it is like, I want to look into the history of it because it feels like kind of a Tommy Wiseau level like put on like this is somebody's idea out there of erotica and they thought that this was somebody else's idea of erotica 
Like, there's lots of slow motion scenes of, like, muscular men in the shower playing the saxophone and are pretending to play the saxophone <laughs> on, like, a, a toilet uh. brush. Like... <laughs> It's and and it's kind of a choose your own adventure, but if you choose wrong, like sometimes your boss will kill you. <laughs> like there's this extended <laughs> sequence, like where uh, the guy's like chasing his employee, like as a young woman, like out of the hall with a knife. It's so dumb. It's beyond dumb. But your description, though, you're really selling it. Like this game sounds pretty. <laughs> this is awesome. a good I mean, bad movie night kind yeah, of thing. We could actually. really go along with this. It's a choose your own adventure, but if you choose wrong, <laughs> the plumbers put their ties back, <laughs> and then the game's just over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, a little bit more about 3DO. They, they, the company itself survived the fallout of uh, the 3DO console by switching over to solely software production. They scored a big hit with the Army Men series, mm-hmm. which was uh, we'll talk about on this show later. And uh, the Battle Tanks games were actually decent-sized hits for a while, but Army Men quickly oversaturated the market. There were like three dozen of those games yeah. in a very short amount of time. And, did and they, um, did, did, did they do the Gex games as well, or did they have to I think they that sold off? that off to Crystal Dynamics, okay, yeah. I believe. Um, and since 3DO didn't really have any other major flagship titles, uh, they officially filed for bankruptcy in 2003. Trip Hawkins went on to found a few more short-lived companies, including the budget game developer Digital Chocolate. And then he ran into some trouble with the IRS and had to declare bankruptcy, losing much of what some estimate to be a $100 million fortune. Uh, these days, he is a professor of entrepreneurship at UC Santa Barbara. And probably still super rich, but yeah. Teaching a class of, here's how you don't do this. Yes, yeah, don't trip lessons, up. <laughs> lessons I learned from founding 3DO. Tripping through business something. That's his name of his course, I yep. don't know. But isn't Trip Hawkins like the most douchebag waspy name ever? Like his full name is like William Trip Hawkins the Third. Well, it does sound wow. like, what's the main character in this Battle Tanks game? A Griffin. Oh, Griffin Spade. Yes. It could yeah. just as well be Trip Hawkins. Like They both sound like super waspy kind of names, yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the battle, the plot of Battle Tanks, because, oh my God, the plot uh, of Battle Tanks. I never in a million years suspected that this game would be about controlling the world's population of women. <laughs> but here we are. This is what I this mean, game's we, about. I mean, when you boil it down, Steve, isn't that what all games are about? Yes. No. No, no you're <laughs> no, I can think of several examples that are not like that. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, I'm looking at my Banjo-Kazooie toy over here. And I'm thinking, no, even Banjo-Kazooie is about, you know, the, the bird's in control most of the no, time. No, he's trying to, well, the, he's trying to rescue his sister. He's trying, yeah, his okay, sister is the commodity. Her beauty okay. is the commodity. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, there are some examples I can see, yeah. Um, all right, so this game is set in the far-flung future year of 2001. Uh, it takes place in a universe where the deadly X2 X-Men United virus has destroyed 99.9% of the world's female population. It quickly becomes apparent that whoever controls the world's female population controls the world. So the few remaining women, which are now called Queen Lords, are captured and hoarded. <laughs> crazy. Amazing. Uh, they're captured and hoarded by marauding gangs and what's left of the U.S. government. Uh, the world's governments have gone to war over who controls the supply of women. <laughs> Again, supply, supply of, women. of women. I'm thinking of them like stacked up like cordwood in a bunker. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, but yeah, they, they go to war and leading to nuclear devastation of the United States. Our protagonist, Griffin Spade, is a street smart super soldier <laughs> who is able to survive the blast by hiding out in an abandoned National Guard tank. Now he's heading west to try and rescue his girlfriend, Madison, from the clutches of government experiments and build up his personal tank army. So the government has come in and said to all, you know, said everyone, you need to give us your wives that are still alive so we can use them for, I mean... I guess I have a theory for what they're going to use them for. That's but the gross like, thing. I think we all know. It boils yeah. down to be, when, when you boil it down and think about, like, it, it tries to avoid saying in so many phrases, but, like, it's pretty gross what you, what is going on here behind the scenes. Plus, all they want to do is just get you into some tanks so you can start yeah, blowing some game, stuff up. Like, you, we started the one-player mode. This it, the opening cutscene of this game is at least six minutes long. Oh yeah, and really long. So it uses kind of comic book style panels like uh, Shadows of the Empire did, which is like kind of animated but not really. The art style in the comic book looks really good. It like, does. It's a yeah. very sort of extreme 90s look but they're colorful and easy to see and it fits the tone of the game it's it's straight up like rob Liefeld era yeah. like x-men yeah like it's uh it's goofy looking and i i think i think this game kind of gets away with a lot because 
its tone is so over the top and stupid. Like it's clearly trying to be an homage to like old school eighties action movies. And it's not something you're supposed to think about very no. closely. No. Um, but they do put some effort into the presentation and the, the opening cutscene like feels very big and cinematic, you know, um, which I, I appreciate. Yeah. It's nice mm-hmm. when you go to the, diff- so you like, they drop you into New York. Basically the idea is you're traveling across the country, rescuing your wife. And so you start in New York and it's like, destroy all enemy tanks. Three, two, one, go. And I don't know. It's like, it's exciting presentation. And yeah. you start, um, they give you a little description of where you are. Where they're like, this used to be a, a bustling metropolis. And now apocalypse has laid it low. It's up to you as the loans. And I don't know. They just do a good job sort of yeah. making it silly and fun right from the start. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They sell it. It's it's like a, it's like a comic book and an al- metal album cover and like a bunch of different goofy art styles come into play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you think about it for even a second, it's weird. Like, so the the Queen Lords, they're like a commodity, but they're also like royalty within their own respective gangs. Like, they're worshipped, but they're also hoarded. They're like slave royalty. Yeah. In a way. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like gilded slavery. I don't know. Something. But like some and some of the Queen Lords are evil, too. And like, as we see in the next game, like they control the gangs. And then like, how does every gang in the world have a tank like so many <laughs> tanks in this game the first level is like destroy five tanks next level is like make it to the end of the tunnel and destroy 10 tanks and the next level destroy 15 tanks. and you're like wow i mean I've, like, I've moved like three miles and i've destroyed 30 tanks how, how many tanks do you guys think you've seen in your life like in real life maybe Any? two you know okay, going to yeah. like a museum yeah like, exactly yeah. like yeah mu- right. yeah yeah i'd say that's probably about right for me because i've been to like the the air and space museum and stuff yeah. like that like they yeah. would have a stuff like that like but yeah well, I, there wouldn't be this many tanks lying around it's the just cons- weird that that's instantly like how it goes so like apocalypse right. everyone quick build a tank like <laughs> that's their first impulse and apparently everybody who survived the nuclear fallout knows how to build a tank this very very complicated machine or obviously like whatever led to the you know apocalypse happening it was because these large corporations were like we're gonna give you a free tank with every purchase <laughs> oh, yeah. so that the whole world is just littered with tanks for people to pick up and start maybe, driving around maybe the government was trying to trade tanks for women after a certain <laughs> point they're like here here you want a tank give me your wives you guys can split this tank whatever you want just take our tank inventory yeah Tank my wife, please. Yes. <laughs> That's a, that was the subtitle for this game. Uh, all right. So the gameplay, uh, you get three tanks to choose from. Uh, the Goliath, the M1A1 Abrams, and the Moro. Or the Moto. I'm sorry, the Moto. All of which are kind of sci-fi upgrades of real tanks. Um, the single-player mode is kind of just a series of tank battles with rival gangs across various sites in the U.S., uh, gangs have names like the Skull Riders, the Psycho Brigade, Urban Decay, the Nuclear Knights. You get the idea. I mean, it's very Mad Max. It's very Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very goofy. Or like the Warriors, how everybody oh, yeah. picks a theme and bands together. Um, there's 17 levels total in the main campaign. Um, and you could upgrade your tank with plenty of power-ups that you find scattered around the playfield, including things like mines, uh, lasers, missiles, nukes, cloaking devices, enhanced radar, things like that. Oh, yeah, there wasn't really... You didn't find the nuke much in the multiplayer, did you? you no, found it just found it in the player. In single player the nuke is rare but it's really fun to deploy like because uh you launch it there's a little voice that says a nuclear weapon deployed and then you have like five seconds before it hits and then there's a, the air air raid sounds and yeah you would see like the shadow of the plane come over and it's a huge explosion that all you know you backed away but it still almost killed you yeah right. there's a shock wave and it takes out all yeah, the other two buildings. very impressive completely two-dimensional uh you know parallel shock <laughs> yeah. waves yeah coming yeah. At you. yeah it's kind of Death Star exploding explosions. <laughs> yeah. This game doesn't look fantastic, but it looks all right, and it runs really smooth. What? Like I, the the first thing that struck me when we picked a game up and started to play is how fast it moves. Like. Mm-hmm. Very impressive because I was Usually not the expecting association that from a tank with game. a tank game is like slow, methodical. move your turret and yeah. like slowly turn your tread or like go forward and back in one direction. But this is just like you're like driving RC cars. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, a good that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But they it's, they don't even feel that heavy. Well, like they have a little more weight in the first game than they do in the yeah. second game, mm-hmm. uh, but they still move very very quickly. Uh, which works great because the emphasis here is just on fast twitch action. Yeah, and there's no real momentum to them. Like, no. you can go forward and just stop immediately and start going the other way. Totally, so totally. It doesn't have that, you know, we, we've we played the combat car, car combat games we've played, like Vigilante 8, we have not really liked because there's that aspect of trying to sort of drive and stop 
shoot at the same time. It's just you are constantly missing the other person and trying to turn around. This doesn't have any of that problem because no. you can just go forward and back. How, well, yeah, and I think I think that they tried to simplify yeah. it obviously for this one because it's a little weird that you're playing a tank game and you can't move the turret independent of the rest of the vehicle. <laughs> yeah, like, right. You just point and shoot literally. Uh, and yeah. it, it's lucky that it's all tanks and explosive shells because there's like a little bit of an area of effect. Yeah, it's for... hard to aim super precisely. Oh, right. Yeah. So you don't need to be super precise. Um, I really loved all the destructible environments that are in these games. Um, Sometimes it's a little not very clear which environments will be destroyed and which ones won't be. Mm-hmm. And I do wish that I could like that you could destroy things by ramming them with your tank. Oh, uh, you can. Well, but, like but they have to be like broken down yeah. already. Yeah, I guess I'm more meaning like the little uh, partitions in the middle. Right. Well, yeah, that's what's annoying is a lot yeah. of the partitions you can destroy, but a lot of them you can't, and so you'll just drive into something. And you're like, why isn't it going away? Yeah. The animation on the destruction is not that great. You kind of just hit something and then it disappears, yes. and you're like, okay, yeah, there's it no like debris that. It looks yeah. gradually shitty, and then it melts. Yeah. 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 Right, it just shrinks into the ground and is nice and level. Afterwards. Yeah, but like I can suspend my disbelief. Yeah. I get yeah. it. You know, I get it. I, and weirdly, like I'm very relieved that the tanks in this game don't control like tanks. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a smart decision, and uh, it also further separates you from any kind of realistic feel, mm-hmm. which I don't think you want for this game or in this premise. Like it you has, don't want that to be. It has a very feeling. easy like just pick up and start blasting shit sort of quality to yeah. it. Like, yeah, and that's literally you can tell that's what they were going for. Is as soon as you start moving, just start putting the tri- yeah. like pulling the trigger down and blow everything up that you see. And oh yeah, that yeah. to me is exactly what you want from your four player multiplayer games. Oh yeah, because you're gonna have people over who've never played the game before. Yeah, and you're like, hey, let's play some battle tanks, and you know you want them to be able to just pick it up in a couple seconds, mm-hmm. and so that that works great. Yeah, should we get into the multiplayer a little bit? Or yeah, let's get into it because I, I the only other thing I would say about the single player is just that uh, if there's only 17 missions this single player mode would be over very quickly especially uh, since we found out one of those you can literally drive straight through mm-hmm. and get to the end and finish without ever having fired a shot <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so it, it seems like it's a pretty low uh, uh, low investment single yeah. player mode like I think the most of the emphasis was on multiplayer so I let's imagine that, that it would get a lot harder if you played on hard mode probably because yeah. I mean enemies can kill you pretty quickly if you don't take them out fast oh, yeah, but there's yeah. also a lot of health pickup plus it's pretty hard to evade the fire from your enemies too like that's you're true sitting by one of those gun turrets for very long yeah. like it killed you and I think they compensate with that by giving you lots of power ups that you can use and you can like yes. have more powerful weapons but again luckily in this you know tank infest world every building you blow up hey guess what there's tank compatible yeah. ammunition and health yeah. inside this building how convenient <laughs> yeah. yeah somebody left extra points right in this building <laughs> <laughs> well so there are four multiplayer modes uh to play with here so battle battle lord is kind of the signature mode and that's what did we decide this like? We said this isn't really like capture the flag, but it kind it's like of you can defend your base, kind I mean, of. That's... Yeah, but like other people are trying to take your queen lord out of oh, the yeah. base you should, and get back. It should to be bears. called steal the women. Should be a much more uh, <laughs> yeah. capture the Cap- yeah. capture the flag, except yeah. women yes. instead of flags. But again, the women... there are little icons of like kind of uh, uh, heavy metal looking women. Like they're they're not like physically no, there. No, well, I, like, I like that. The, at least in their icons, the women's aren't like weirdly sexualized because they no. just look like a little picture of a woman. Face. But even yeah. if like, they were overly sexualized, you couldn't tell because yeah, they're that true. pixelated. That's Very a good brief. point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so once you get past that distasteful thing and the constant <laughs> shouting of, who took my women? Who has two women? Well, who has all the women? Give me back my woman. I need to bring it back home. Like, you have all that grossness that you have to contend Collect with Collect ten women out. to win. Like, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> who has the most women wins the game. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Deathmatch is the next mode, uh, which is what you expect. First player to seven kills wins that one. Uh, one thing that's worth noting a little bit in the multiplayer is, um, I think at least for the the mode that we just the annihilation mode would. Um it's they're four player games and you can set teams and I think like that mode is distinctly designed for teams mm. um, because you would have one person going out to steal women and someone else staying back to defend women. What else was there? There was death. Ma- yeah, deathmatch. We talked about a uh, family mode. This one was interesting. <laughs> I, lo- I love that title. It makes me laugh every time. I you know. know. And it I have is... to say the most misleading uh, multiplayer mode title ever. <laughs> right. It's like okay, we're not going to get together. Everybody huddle your tanks around the fire while we read a story. <laughs> it's like no, you're just going to blow each other up that much faster. 
fantastic. It's grandpa, how did you meet grandma? Well, our gang ambushed them, and we took their queen lord, and now she's my wife. Um, yeah, so basically, family mode is kind of like, as near as we could tell, it's kind of just like a simplified, simplified death match. Is the, is the way to put it. Like, there's you can't select a different kind... This kind of has a Counter Strike mode of like when you die, you can you respawn as a different tank or you can mm-hmm. select a different tank. Um, either, yeah, there's the big heavy tank which deals a ton of damage and can take a lot of damage, and then there's a the medium sized tank which you know is in the middle, and then there's a super fast car mm-hmm. that is fun to drive and really fast, but dies in like one hit. Oh yeah, very, I did right. think that this tiny car was pretty underpowered. Like I didn't appreciate how powerful the big tank was comparatively because you just felt like you weren't dealing any damage to the person and they just blow you up in one hit. And again, but it just depends what your priorities are. That's because true. the little tank, man, if all you want to do is go steal women, that was the one to go for because totally. you're just in and out of there before anybody knows. Uh, and I mean, that's the easy, like, I think that's a good argument for playing on teams right. too because mm-hmm. one person can be a big heavy tank and distract them while the other one dashes in and steals the women and runs back. This game also fits into this weird thread I found in doing this podcast of our difficulty in seemingly activating simple functions of the menu. Yeah. <laughs> like, you you always think, like, that's not going to be a problem. Like, the menu, just, like, you set the settings that you want and it's fine. We There was, when you set up the multiplayer mode for three players, there's a square in the corner that says, for computer, off. And we're like, okay, let's turn the computer on and try that. I pressed every button that yeah. was on the controller. The computer would not turn on. We even tried plugging in a fourth controller. And it's just weird that, like, you wouldn't think you wouldn't be able to activate a function on the menu. So right. I, we don't I, know if this game has a four-player bot or not. I, I suspect like, that this is just for, like, if you're playing by yourself and want to try the multiplayer modes, you can activate mm. a computer to fight against. Okay. I suspect it's just that. But it's a weird way to lay It's weird that they give us. they seem to give us the option to select a computer and then they don't let us because this game computer. really does want a bot so if yeah. you have three people you can play the team mode Definitely. maybe it's just reinforcing that uh, if you have real life friends then you should just play with them okay sure yeah it's trying to teach us a larger message <laughs> that's right yeah um so what else do we have we have uh what was the other mode it was annihilation uh, it was just a mode. death match okay annihilation uh, mode was the one where you had the three other tanks with you right oh you yeah had, like, yeah you had you tanks. had a computer team with you yeah yeah right. and you just had to be the last one standing and like, it was just kind of crazy because there would just be four tanks shooting at you and you it was really hard to keep track of what going on you'd die really fast well, and it didn't let you control them in any sort of strategic way, right. but if you died in your first tank, you would then in- inhabit one yeah. of the other surviving tanks. Uh, it might be boring to say, but I think the death match, the, just the simple death match was my favorite of these. Like, uh, it's pretty clear cut. Uh, just drive in, shoot the shit out of everybody and try to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's it's fun. It's easy. It makes sense. Like the rest, all the all the multiplayer modes on here are fine. I think the uh, Battle Lord one took us the longest to figure yeah, out. I think the Battle Lord one would benefit is its own cool thing, especially if you were playing it with a team. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, totally. I agree. Just for dropping in, Deathmatch works well. Yeah. I felt good about the Battle Lord one because I was the one that figured out you had to steal yeah, all the women, yeah, and yeah. that was the that was the goal. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just uh, <laughs> adjusting to the uh, Deathmatch one because I that's the only one I could win at. <laughs> um, I, I, there, there's a handicap setting in this game where you can select novice, normal, or advanced, and I kept going to normal because yeah. I just assumed, oh, like let's just do normal. And I think you guys were both going to novice and just <laughs> yeah. kicking the shit out of me. We played like three rounds before I got one kill, and I'm like, why am I so terrible at this game? And I'm like, oh, those those are handicap settings. Now I thought they were some sort of control mechanism, right? Like, right. Or auto or manual, um, and so just be aware of that if you play this game. <laughs> Which uh, I would recommend. Actually, yeah. I would say play this game. Yeah, yeah. it was it was um, a good time, and yeah, it was. It, was there's enjoyable. no, you know, the four player mode. There's no stutter on how it plays. Like the frame rate stays consistent. It yeah. doesn't have very good draw distance, but it doesn't have good draw distance in the single player game. And you do have the and annoying that works fine anyway. You do have the annoying thing with the split screen where like the player one gets a whole top half of the screen and player two and three are just like sharing the bottom mm-hmm. quarters. Yep. So that's a little annoying, uh, but that's just that's just local multiplayer for N64. I would say if you just want to blow things up and not have to think about it at all, Mm -hmm. this is the game. This is a good option for that, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the sequel. Uh, Battle Tanks. good options for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Battle Tanks Global Assault was released October, or August 31st, 1999, sorry. Uh, Published and developed by the 3DO company, and this one was also released on the PlayStation, which uh, incidentally got terrible reviews. (laughs) Apparently the PlayStation version of this is really shitty. Hmm. Um, Yeah, the same team is back for 
very uh, kind of similar feeling experience, but they definitely beefed up everything that worked. Well, they beefed um, up everything except for the tanks. The tanks, they really pulled, pulled out back. all the weight. Yeah. Like, the, now yes. they feel like shoeboxes. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah. Uh, in keeping with the tradition established in Rampage and Cruisin', if the first game takes place in multiple locations across America, the sequel has to take it worldwide. So I guarantee if there's a Battle Tanks 3, you would go to like Mars or Atlantis or like Tanks in space. Basically. I think that's the trend they were going. That's the rule, I think. Um, For the story here, we jump ahead in time to the even more far-flung future year of 2006. Uh, Little spoilers for the end of the first game. Uh, Griffin Spade is able to save Madison at the end of the original Battle Tanks. She now serves as the Queen Lord to Griffin's army. Yeah, they they rule over San Francisco. By the way, how lame is he that he names his army Griffin's army? Pretty lame. Uh, That's like, come on, everyone else is like... self-indulgent. Yeah, because the other people are like the radical psychos and stuff like that. nuclear fart sniffers. Like, I don't know, the the muscle men lifted guys. Like, they're all great. The cobalt uh, divers. Yeah. Yeah, Obviously, the apocalypse killed off all creativity. We will call ourselves Griffin's Army. Um, so they've, they've set up their base in San Francisco, and they're hoping to raise their three-year-old son, Brandon, in relative peace. However, that peace is shattered when the evil Queen Lord Cassandra wipes out Griffin's army and captures Brandon, who she believes has special telekinetic abilities that she wants to weaponize. Oh, so she does capture him. She does okay. capture him, yeah. Which uh, they called, what, the powers, the, the edge? The edge, edge. yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he possesses the edge. <laughs> um, so He, he possesses the Gillette Razor, apparently. <laughs> yeah, team up with Bono. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but not to completion. No. Um, sorry, bad no, I'm not. Um, so now, now Griffin must try and reassemble his tribe of tanks and pursue Cassandra across the United States and Europe to save his son and stop her nefarious she, plans. She's kind of designed like a uh, villain, like a Russian femme fatale. Kind of. But like her little icon there, her face looks very like squished and deformed in a weird way. It was like, it seriously had a very heavy metal theme yeah. to it Mag- yeah. magazine heavy metal oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. like I, I compare it to evil brats doll it's kind of what it looks like gigantic <laughs> eyes like yes. big weird but like kind of a scrunched up face and like i don't know she also she's... has like an inexplicable mind control where like the second level she's like how do you do if i mind control all your troops and then you have to fight them too yeah it's also worth noting that the character designs whenever you see any other character that's not griffin they look kind of Cartoonish and comic booky, but Griffin looks like a real normal boring dude. He's just Probably like just like you know design one oh one of like make your hero character look really polished and normal, and then all of your evil characters really awkward, cartoonish, and, and like yeah. they were probably able to pull over the sprites for Griffin from the first game, and they hadn't made those sprites yet, so they just threw them together for the yeah second game. yeah yeah. So uh, you know that's the basic plot of this game again. Very silly. Uh, Again, women are still currency slash the reason for nuclear annihilation battle wars. Again, don't think about it too closely. Um, new features this time around. We have a wider selection of tanks. There's much 13, wider. 13 there's off the bat. There's a hovercraft tank. Yeah. There's a damn hover the, the tank. The tanks are much yes. more creatively designed. Like, there's one that has treads on both sides. Yeah. You can sort of flip it around. Mm-hmm. And uh, the catch here is that you need to uh, get things called tank bucks, uh, which you find in the Which I like a match. lot. It kind of yeah, like a post-apocalypse Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> really? where you yeah. go and, like, <laughs> to earn a certain amount of tank bucks to turn them in for, I don't know, little models of women, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like, Sorry, kid, you're only going to get there with the eraser this time. Yeah. <laughs> you can't afford a tank. Damn it, I killed 35 tanks. Yeah, sorry, you need 4,000 4, tanks. 4,000 tank bucks. <laughs> yes. Uh... Uh, so now there's also a new suite of uh, power-ups, including a teleporter, a flamethrower, and magnum rounds. Um, there are some new Europe-exclusive gangs, like the Crimson Guard, which is just uh, uh, Buckingham Palace guards of gun evil, <laughs> mm-hmm. Iron Maidens, and Les Miserables. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's improved speed and graphics. Um, once again, there are 17 levels to choose from and goofy little movies in between to help fill out the plot. And there is a new edition of co-op single-player mode. Um, well, Co-op double player mode. Oh, co-op sorry. Campaign. Co-op campaign mode. Yes. Yeah, sorry. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Co-op single player. <laughs> you're like, team up with yourself and you... Yeah, I mean, I I do appreciate how much work they put into improving the features that they had. I feel like they had a solid game with a couple of weird quirks and flaws, and they've ironed those right out. They've introduced a couple of new quirks, but like... <laughs> 
they've done a, a, a lot to try and level this out. Uh, there's a strafe feature now mm-hmm. where you can control your tank, uh, the the top gun part, the whatever that part is called. Yeah, you, uh, hold, you hold R and your tank yeah. kind of turns. Battle down. tanks, global assault, the one where you can actually turn the turret. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's like what a real sh- tank. Like that real should tank. be on the box, actually. Yeah, because that that'd be a good way to <laughs> differentiate it. Uh, yeah, it, and. It feels very, very fast, even faster than the original, to its yeah. detriment sometimes. It does because... not feel like a tank game at all. No, no. Yeah, they really, like, they added in this terrain <laughs> that I'm, I'm pretty sure they intentionally put so that you would get speed with your tank and then launch yourself over obstacles. Which, if you know anything about tanks, is just not They are not known accurate. for their ability to launch themselves over obstacles. It really does feel sometimes like a plastic bag being blown in the wind. Like, you're going so quickly. And when you're one of the smaller tanks that's built for speed, it's just, it's really... Really hard to control. Because just imagining just go crazy. that scene from American Beauty where he films the plastic bag, but it's a little tank. He's like, "This is the movie I make of this tank, sort of <laughs> blowing around in the wind." I filmed it earlier, killing a teddy bear. Yeah, now it's caught in the breeze. Uh, yeah, so uh, we have mul- many new multiplayer modes here as well. So. Uh, all the multiplayer modes from the previous game have made it over here, and now we have new ones like uh, Hold'em, which is kind of a capture, uh, uh, King of the Hill mode or a capture the flag mode, like. Uh, but with not one single woman that right. you need to capture, right? Um, and bring her back to your base. Yeah. There's convoy mode, which is like uh, one player or two players serve as the attackers, <laughs> and the others serve as the, serve as the defenders. This game had the same problem with bots, right? Yeah. We- but, yeah, that would have been nice but to have. But actually, good to know is that they were very cautious because when I screwed it up and I'm supposed to protect this convoy, and instead I lay, <laughs> lay out like a serpentine pattern of like 40 mines <laughs> along their route, they stop and wait for those mines to be cleared. Yeah, which, which meant that I had to drive constantly <laughs> over all those mines and remove them by running over them with yeah. my tank. Yeah. In the meantime, yes. I got to just camp out and shoot your tanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, that was, I appreciated that. Yeah. I really hosted up before yeah, I saw yeah, that one. Yeah, I appreciate it. But that it. was a cool creative mode. But that is, yeah, and it's not normally the type of thing. It, it kind of feels like a tower defense thing almost, which was uh, a fun way to play. Yeah, I mean, this game really expands on the first one creatively. Like, the third level of the campaign um, it has you rescuing rescuing survivors or hostages, things like that. So it's not... Whereas the first one was just like every level was either get to the end or destroy all these tanks. Yeah. This, this one's like destroy bunkers that spawn more tanks and rescue survivors, things like that. And so. I like it because then in addition to the other options of tanks, you also had a different options of enemies to fight of like, oh, there's boats out at sea. Oh, that right. Yeah, go. there was a really cool scene like in the that first level. Like came a sub up. comes up yeah. and oh, starts yeah, shooting yeah, it. Yeah. It looks yeah. really good. It was fun, yeah. And it was an unexpected thing. Like I wasn't expecting to see battle subs and we did. I mean, the the title did not say anything about <laughs> battle subs. No, like I, I read it. I read it a couple of assault. Da- there's subs now. Parentheses. <laughs> That's right. I would like to hope since this is battle tanks T A N X, this would be battle subs S U B Z. I would please, hope at please least let if they want to con- keep that consistent. Um, frenzy mode. This is one I liked a lot. This is where you're basically racing. Uh, because one uh, queen lord will appear on the map at a random place, and you have to be the first one to get ten. So you're just racing each other around the track trying to get those uh, ten uh, queen lords faster. And yeah, I thought that was fun. really fun. It is yeah. fun. It's kind of frantic. It's kind of a Pac-Man-y sort of thing, except shooting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed that one. And uh, then family mode, tank wars, battle lord, and a deathmatch all return. Um, but I think that was all the new ones. But still, that's a, that's a healthy new addition of features for only one year in between uh, development on this. They really beefed it up, and I, I respect that. Um, mm-hmm. Would we say – which one would you say you guys prefer between mm-hmm. the two? Because there are some quirks. There are some weirdness. We played the second well, – the first one a little longer, as we usually do with these games, to sort of get a feel of the mechanic. So yeah. I sort of got a little more used to that one. But I, I think the second one is a better game. Like, yeah. um, despite – the weird speed and how fast it is like it looks a lot better um the variety of tanks goes a long way mm-hmm. and um most of the additions of the multiplayer mode i thought were pretty solid yeah I, th- I thought the second game definitely like it had that benefit of like okay we learned some lessons after making this first one here's where we want to improve and and i think playing a back-to-back definitely made it a little weird to get used to this the, the change that they made and navigate like how you mm-hmm. move around yeah um but yeah, I would say like the second one is the one I probably would return to to I play so. more of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, weirdly, there aren't that many games with sequels on the N sixty four. There's a handful, but there's not that many. And of the ones we played, the second one tends to be worse for whatever <laughs> reason. You, it's kind of counterintuitive. You think they would expand? They on just the don't. Work. Yeah, they just don't put the effort to really. Exp- 
Yeah, yeah. The, the, to develop sort of the fundamentals and get that down again. But this, it's got like the movie sequel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Conundrum. But like these days, if you get used to like sequels to AAA titles, tend to be much bigger and better, and like are conscious of trying to be as good as possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's weird that we haven't encountered a sequ- very many sequels that are better than the original. But I think this one qualifies. I think mm-hmm. the Global Assault uh, really. They really took the feedback that they got from that first game and really went with it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I was very pleasantly surprised by both. These are n- not games I would seek out. This isn't really a genre I'm typically fond of. We played other car combat games on the show. They did not fare very well. But uh, this was a fun one. And I think because it's so fast and so uh, brief, like you can play in little quick bursts uh, without losing interest. And and there's a lot of variety of modes here and a lot of variety of tanks and different things to do. Well, well, I, th- I think the I think what you said too, Stephen, is that like this would have made a really good arcade game. Yeah, like if it were in an arcade, I could totally see going and playing this one on a regular basis. With like a cool controller, you know, oh, with yeah. like things that you push forward to like run. I don't know, or pull forward and back. The and, dual levers, yeah. like you have an old school tank. Yeah, yeah. but I think. Uh, no, I don't know. It's um, going to go somewhere. Well, another thing that I think is worth noting is, despite the N64's reputation as like a sweet multiplayer system, we haven't actually played that many sweet multiplayer games. Not like, really. Fewer than you would think, aside from like the really big ones that everyone has played. Um, and I, this game, I think, hits, fits the bill of being a sweet multiplayer game. Yeah, in the totally. sense that like it runs really smooth with four people. It's easy to pick up and play, and it's just kind of visceral. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, I could totally picture like very long, you know, nights of just like slamming Mountain Dew and yeah. Cheetos and just like playing this repetitively until we're you know this passing is, out. Oh, this is definitely better than the Conquer uh, Bad Fur Day oh, multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, very much so. Um, well, I think we've said about all we can say yeah. about uh, Battle Tanks. So I'm going to move on to uh, rankings. All right, so each week we are ranking the games that we have just played. We are up to a ridiculous amount by now. Let me see. We're up to 169. Nice. Wow. Nice. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off this time. Um, yeah, both of these were very pleasant surprises. Uh, I really enjoyed them uh, kind of across the board. It's a fun single-player game. It's a fun multiplayer game. I think these are solid recommends. Mm-hmm. And if you have an N64, definitely check these out. These are both going. Uh, Global Assault is gets slightly gets the edge for me, but they're both solid. Uh, Global uh, Battle Tanks Global Assault is going to be my new number twenty eight, so that's right below Starcraft sixty four, and then uh, Original Battle Tanks will just be right below that at number twenty nine. So, um, yeah. Really good time. Really good time with both these. Yeah. I don't know if I have been as surprised by a game since maybe like Rainbow Six. Yeah. Or yeah. even even maybe all the way back to uh Quake Quake This is this is one of the I mean it's just it just polished and fun and plays yeah. really well. I don't think that there's a lot of room for the first game. I mean I feel like the second game kind of does what the first game does just better sure. and with more. So I'm not sure why you would need the first game. Yeah, that's um, fair. But so I'm putting the second game at number 32. Mm-hmm. Um which is right under Shadows of the Empire. Mm-hmm. And uh then the first game I'm putting at number 35, just a few places down, which is right under Bust a Move 99. Perfect. Yeah, so pretty I, pretty similar opinion. What, what do you think of these games, Bennett? I thought it was really good. I mean, obviously, my ranking, uh, <laughs> obviously. consisting of these two games, I would put uh, Global Assault first. But yeah. um, I think I like what you said about it, you know, being surprised by a game's quality and how fun it is. And I think, like, what a great treat yeah. that you could just, like, pick up a game. Because I feel like nowadays, either, unless it's a game that's really... I don't know, widely hyped that you kind of know or it's a franchise you already have invested in and you're like, yeah, this game's going to be great. I feel like there's a lot of games that are so hit or miss that if you're like, I'm just going to pick one off the shelf (laughs) and play it, generally, I would say nine times out of ten, it's kind of disappointing. That's certainly been the case with our show. Take a game (laughs) off of Steve's N64 shelf. And it's like, Hmm, it's... Powerpuff Girls, Bad Mojo Jojo. How's this going to be? Super excited for this one. one. Like, we... I I feel like that is kind of the theme. Like, most often, we're either just being disappointed disappointed by games that we used to really like or we're just like having our low expectations met so battle tanks good on you thanks Mm -hmm. for doing that thanks for doing that um we have one quick letter um, correcting a lot of uh, wrestling stuff. Wonderful. Which is these are something our favorite kind of letter. <laughs> no, I honestly, I honestly need these because I don't know. Uh, hey, Steve. Howdy, Woody. Hello. So you're getting, I think howdy's just your official greeting now. Yeah, yep. Um, I blame Toy Story. <laughs> listening to the latest episode on wrestling games, and I think I can shed a little light on the trouble with the Battle Royale match. 
pinning might not have worked you because usually the win condition for that match is to throw opponents over the top ring. Okay. Fatal Four is the match type you're thinking of. <laughs> also, it was Cody Rhodes' character Stardust who had the fight with Stephen Amell, not Goldust. Um, lastly, as a PlayStation player back in those days, ports of PlayStation games would put the controls on the C buttons because they're in a diamond pattern, same as the four buttons of the PlayStation that controller. That makes sense. I remember thinking when playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater on the N64, I would just think of the C buttons as the four buttons on the PlayStation. So that's from Adam. Thank you for the corrections on that. We, I mean, again, that makes like, so much sense. Yeah, it oh my god! Like. I wish the Battle Royale mode had indicated to us right. at any point that you're that supposed to That was one throw of the, the worst things the about that game is they're like, look, we have 16 game modes. Yeah. And like, but they don't tell you what the goal of any of these modes are. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I mean, also, if I knew how that you could end the match by throwing somebody out of the ring, I still wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. Because uh, I couldn't figure it out. So like, yeah. So I, I stand by that it's bad, but I do understand that I probably uh, was just really bad at it as well. Like, they... It, they don't need to be mutually Yeah, but exclusive. Steve, if we if we discounted games just because you were bad at them... I like, would we be would, able to play yeah. any game ever. Yeah. Just throw the list out. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is a really helpful insight about the uh, N64 porting. Yeah, um, yeah. And the, and the C buttons. Um, yeah. Plus, I know this is probably not new for you guys, but it definitely brought back the nostalgia of Tony Hawk Pro oh, yeah. Skater to oh, me. Yeah. Oh, totally games, had forgotten about that. Those games are sweet. They're, they're oh, right at the, near the top of both our oh, lists. Oh, yeah, both. So. Yeah, they, all three of them are great. Yeah, yeah they're fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Bennett, for coming and joining us today. Heck yeah, like, thanks really for fun. having me. Yeah, this anytime, is fantastic. Anytime. Uh, uh, next week, we are uh, playing a trio of updated arcade classics. So we are playing Robotron 64, Load Runner 3D, and Paperboy. No suffix. <laughs> uh, just Paperboy. <laughs> uh, so uh, put your quarters up for that one, because we're going to be playing that. Uh, don't forget to check out our other podcast, Jest Friends, in which we are reading all of David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest 50 or so pages at a time and talking about it. If you've ever wanted to read that book and never quite could work up the nerve for it, we're here to help. So check out Just Friends wherever you get podcasts. Um, do we have anything else? I think that's it. Do you need to hype anything, Bennett? No, I don't think so. Wonderful. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much yeah. to both Tank, of you. Uh, thanks for the memories. Thanks for the memories. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, we'll meet again. So long, everybody. But I know Sunny day Keep smiling through Just like you always do Till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away So will you please say hello folks that I know tell them I won't be long they'll be happy to know that as you saw me go I was singing this song we meet again don't know where don't know where